Welcome to the Wisdom Talk Radio Show, bringing you insight, illumination, and inspiration in service to the world. We are a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living, conscious business, conscious relationships, conscious community, and conscious evolution. This is Laurie Seymour from the Baca Journey. Welcome. I'm here with Lisa Hunter. Recently, I heard Lisa speak at, a, at an event, and I was immediately drawn to her, and I wanted to know more. So what better way to find out more about someone than to invite them here? So that's what I've done. I'm here with Lisa Hunter, and she is the founder and director of Sacred House and an interspiritual minister. Sacred House is a learning organization based in the belief that there are as many definitions of spirituality as there are people. Sacred House teaches the practical, everyday application of the tools and benefits of spirituality without the dogma. Lisa's life work focuses on supporting each and every person to discover their own tailor-fit recipe for spirituality in a way that really works for them. And just as I read that, Lisa, I'm, I'm again reminded of the feeling I had uh, when I met you recently in person and um, that, okay, here, here is a kindred spirit. So welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio. Mm, thanks for having me, Lori. My pleasure. So we, I, there's a lot of things I want to ask, but I, I want to start with, you know, how did you get here? What was, what was burning in you to discover? Ooh, what was burning in me to discover? Um, I was... I was at a time in my life when I started Sacred House where um, I was very aware of, I, I guess I would call it a, a, a very strong sense of yearning for soul family in our culture. <laughs> mm. um, so, and that was in my own experience. I had friends for sure. I've, I've always been blessed with really great friends. Um, and there is a strong desire for a sense of more of a feeling of community that was interwoven throughout, like, you know, I live here in Boulder, Colorado. So more of a sense of community interwoven throughout Boulder. Um, and also aware of this fact that there are so many people in our culture right now that don't feel they have a home when it comes to their beliefs or their feelings or their sense of something larger that connects us all. So I was at a point in my life where, you know, I had recently had a relationship end and I was more like kind of in an in-between space. And I think when you're in those types of spaces, oftentimes you notice, you notice community more, the need mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. And so I had I had, you know, thus far in my life, I had been kind of a, a spiritual dipper arounder, <laughs> so, you know, different, all tried all kinds of different paths. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic and really didn't have any problem with that. It just never really stuck for me. Um, and so I tried a lot of different things over the years 
and always felt very connected and very rich in those experiences, but never really found a place that I, that I felt like home for me. Um, and so of course, when I was in this time of my life, uh, where I had ended a relationship and, and was looking for more community, you know, you look to those kinds of places like meditation groups and, or at least if you're somebody like me Mm -hmm. and again, not quite ever finding found lots of great places, but not finding a place that really felt like a home for me. Um, usually because there were really specific, specific, specifically defined paths to become part of. Um, and for me, I tend to resonate with all of them. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. so, so to just pick one felt hard. Um, and at the same time, there is this very deep longing for, I want to be part of something um, that feels interwoven together throughout the community. So at that time, I was actually on eHarmony. <laughs> I can't remember if I told you this story or not already, but I was on eHarmony and, um, and I, you know, I was kind of like dabbling in dating. I hadn't really ever been online before. And when I was filling out my profile, there was a category under spiritual preference that was the term spiritual, but not religious. And I had never seen that term before. And as soon as I saw it, something really deep within me went, oh my God, that's, that's, that, that's describing me. I've never seen a term. Uh, and it took eHarmony to find that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'd never seen a term that actually described me in that way. I actually had never really considered that there could be a term that described me that, in that way. If that right, means. right. It had to be open enough and broad enough to be able to give you space. Right. It made me realize even more that I didn't, um, that it, I'd never thought, oh, I wish there was a term that described the way that I do spirituality, but mm-hmm, I never mm-hmm. thought about that. I just become yeah. accustomed to feeling like I just never really quite belonged anywhere. Um, and, and so it was very profound to see that term. I had this profound <laughs> moment on eHarmony. <laughs> um, and the other thing that, that was very profound for me to see that term in that context was it also made me aware that, wait a minute, if this term is on eHarmony, which is one of the more mainstream sites, you know, one of, um, if they put this term on this site, that means that it's not just me who, who identifies with that feeling, with that experience, that there must be a lot more other people. And I think up until that point in my life, I had assumed that people having that experience were maybe more just people in my friend circle, you know, or um, people, people who I know, but I, I hadn't really ever broadened my perspective out beyond that and thought about how this is actually an, a thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's got a universal applicable, uh, applicability. Right. So seeing it on, on, on eHarmony really brought it home for me that it's a thing. And, and I started doing research on it um, and found that there was a whole book that had been written about spiritual but not religious and that the Pew Research Studies folks had done a whole um, bunch of research on it. And I'm not going to quote the numbers specifically because I don't have them in front of me and don't quite exactly remember what they are. But the gist of it was that with every year, that population was going growing larger. Yeah. Um, and at the time I had also, these sort of things happened very simultaneously. I had also decided to go to 
seminary, interfaith seminary. And, um, and I had a vague idea that I needed to go to seminary, which was very surprising to me because I had been a singer songwriter in my former career and never had thought of myself as becoming a minister. (laughs) Um, But, but when I made that decision, I realized that, you know, my singer songwriter career had been all about songs about personal growth and transformation and supporting people to really know who they are and to express themselves in the world. And um, when I, got that sort of call to be a minister, it didn't make sense to me at first until I realized, oh, it's the same work. Um, it's actually just even a little more outright about what I'm doing because exactly. I'm literally exactly. saying this has to do with spirituality. Yeah. So, so that's, that's interesting to me in, in a lot of levels because it, I think so many of our listeners have that feeling of, well, they, they start wherever they are. They start with whatever they might know or feel drawn to to begin with but often feel that inner calling to discovering something more, to doing something more. And it's that moreness that often drives people to, to be looking. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to um, angle off for a moment because you've, you've talked about that spiritual but not religious. And I realize I rarely use that word spiritual. Because for me, everything is spiritual, and I, it, it, I don't want to separate, or I don't separate, you know, a spiritual person from a non-spiritual person. Uh, <laughs> so it's like there's God in me, and there's God in you. And yes. so I, 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 but, and I suspect you have, um, or you might speak to what a spiritual person is, or how you define that for you and within the greater context of Sacred House. Yeah, that, I mean, that's something that we think a lot about and that we are learning, we're constantly learning about at Sacred House. Um, the word spiritual, well, at a certain point, we dropped the spiritual but not religious uh, sort of category. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel, uh, it didn't It didn't feel like the most uh truthful thing to define a group of people by what they're not. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, it helped people to identify that they could belong there. Um, but it, it, we stopped doing that and instead started focusing on, you know, we're discovering each person's recipe for spirituality. Um, so, so that came first. And then, yes, the word spiritual is really interesting. You know, what we find is that when you say the word spiritual, most people have a lot of images that they associate with what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different for every person, but it's usually along the lines of they, you know, they think of a priest or they think of a guru or they think of a perfectly serene yoga person doing some pose on a mountaintop <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Like, or someone sitting in front of candles. Um, and, you know, really speaking to what you just said about you don't you don't see the difference between a spiritual and non-spiritual person it's kind of all there all the time um we we find that too and that and that when we at sacred house a spiritual person is is really who you are right now (laughs) And, and i mean it's that simple and then our discovery process is oh you know, being who you are right now, what is your spirituality? Like what defines, um, 
you know, what at Sacred House, it's all about what are the guiding principles that you want to live your life by? Um, what are the centering practices that help you enjoy the ride along the way that really work for you, that you'll really do, that you really follow through with? Um, so there are all ways that you're, that people are discovering how to connect with themselves inside, whatever we yes. call that. Yeah, and, you know, we refer to it at Sacred House as spiritual autonomy. That's what we're mm-hmm. helping each person strengthen within themselves. And, mm. I love that phrase. I love that. I love that. I was going to ask you about that. So could you speak to spiritual autonomy for a bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, spiritual autonomy basically is our way of pointing out (laughs) that at Sacred House, what it comes down to is that each and every person has their own answers. So you, when it, when it comes down to it, you really are the only one who can know what you believe, who can know what's right for you, who can know what is true, who can know how to live your life in a way that when you're 80 or 100, you're going to look back and feel really satisfied about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, 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 that's the deepening of that, the, the strengthening of that within yourself, um, is is what really makes a life be full and it doesn't um it doesn't negate you know having teachers or you know taking courses or or following you know wise people who teach about spirituality you know that that all is still in the mix Mm -hmm. it's just a recognition that when it all comes down to it you're the one who knows what's really true for you yeah and we strengthen that at Sacred House. That's what we're all about is strengthening that, that muscle of being able to recognize what is true for you, how do you want to live your life, what works for you, um, what helps you stay aligned with, with living in a way that, that, again, when you're 100, you look back and, and you feel really great. Yeah. So there's, a, there's a shift there, um, I think, for a lot of folks when we – when we offer that, like we, in our recipe for spirituality class, there's, it's a very subtle process. It's really interesting, but you know, we have people create their own guiding principles. We have people create their own centering practices or, or recognize ones that have already been created that really work for them. Um, and it's this, it, in some ways, those, the things that people choose and pick are not big ahas, but the, the big aha is being given the opportunity to choose for yourself. So, oh, I can come up with my own set of guiding principles. That in and of itself is is the aha. <laughs> Absolutely. It's freeing on so many levels. And yeah. you know, for me, everything that the Baca journey is about is about teaching people how to connect with their own inner wisdom. And right. that's just a different way of, of saying what you're saying. Or really, maybe it's the same thing. You're, you're, the same <laughs> way you're saying it. So and, and because we are unique beings and we are we, we have that um, we each have an inner teacher and that's real. And it's just how do we connect with that and how do we then resource that in a day by day, moment by moment kind of way. And I love how how you're speaking about people developing very practical ways to do that. Yes. It is practical very tangible like when when folks are re- developing their set of guiding principles which by the way aren't static you know they tend to mm-hmm. change 
over time, um, when they're developing their own set of centering practices, we, along the way, we're, we're constantly applying them to, to the, the challenges, the decisions, the goals, the dreams that they have in their life. So they're immediately applicable. It's like, oh, I can use this as my own, we call it GPS, guiding principles, guiding principles, GPS, my own internal GPS. I, I use the same term, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of us do. There's probably yeah. thousands of us all coming up with that. Right, right. <laughs> but it um, is an inner GPS. It's your, it's your inner guiding principle. It's your inner guiding way to stay aligned in all of the um, challenges that life presents. Yeah. And you know, what we found is that that when you, you, you said earlier about spiritual autonomy and it being a reflective process. And um, one of the, I would say one of the most fun things that we're exploring right now is we've been working with people on this self-reflective process of strengthening spiritual autonomy. Um, and what we're finding is that that then leads to action. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm we're starting to think of spiritual autonomy as equal equals self-reflection than action because the more clear you become about what's important to you, how you want to live your life, which, which at sacred house is, you know, those are some of the main ingredients of the recipe for spirituality. Um, The more you become clear on those things, the more what we find, the more you participants then tend to begin to notice how they want to express in the world. Exactly. And, you know, in our culture, in our day and age now, I'm always really careful to talk about that in terms of goals and dreams, because um, I think there can be kind of a a pressure around like, what's that big thing that that big, amazing thing that you're going to make happen in the world. And it could be that that's what ends up being your expression, like, I don't know, creating some movement or creating. Or or it could be turning to the person behind you in the coffee line and acknowledging them. Exactly. Like some of our participants are discovering right now, this moment in my life, um, you know, an example might be, I'm, I'm a really calming presence for people. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to rock. <laughs> like, yes. That's my, yes. that's my purpose right mm-hmm. now in the world is to just bring that um, and, and kind of own it and recognize that it's actually a contribution and a gift. So it could be a very quiet thing. Um, but we noticed that what, you know, and Lori, what I'll speak to with spiritual autonomy and, and the recipe for spirituality for that matter. And our whole thing around 7.125 billion recipes <laughs> in the world is that we're really passionate about helping each person create their own personalized spiritual foundation in and of itself, just because we think it's a great idea. And underneath that, what we're really up to is we know that when each person, when you have a strong spiritual foundation, um, then that you tend to then begin to really know who you are and to express more of who you are in the world. Exactly. And at the heart of it, that's what we're up to is we believe that the more of that happening in the world, just, the better the world will be. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's, and, that's, and, and, and taking action piece. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> taking action for me is essential because we can, we can sit in meditation forever. And I'm a meditation teacher. And, but I find that it's not about being passive in a meditation. It's, it's actively receiving. And then it's 
okay, how am I to be with this in the world? And, and that can, that's totally unique and individual to everybody, but it's, it's taking that out into the world, not going off and spending uh, this time at my spiritual center, and then I go do the rest of my world, and, it's, and the rest of my world is separate. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, for, at Sacred Houses, they're very much one and the same. Exactly, yeah, and I love that. I, I so appreciate that. Yeah, really important right now. And so I, um, I want to come back to, to Sacred House in a moment, but I also want to find out a little bit about what it means to be an interspiritual minister. And I know you officiate at weddings. Tell me a little bit about that. What does that look like? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting for me because that the interspiritual seminary that I went to that was the same exact time that I was starting Sacred House. So they're kind of inextricably intertwined oh, mm-hmm. for me. Um, I, like if somebody asked me what it is to be an interspiritual minister, I, I, different people who graduated from my seminary would say different things. But what I say is it means that I believe that there are 7.125. <laughs> 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 Um, and I'm help, you know, I, it's, it's my role and my joy to help each person discover what that means for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Sacred House, you know, we've kind of been talking about what that looks like at Sacred House. When I officiate weddings, um, that's one of my favorite pieces to writing a wedding ceremony and getting to know a couple is, is helping them recognize what is that for them um, and, and how do they want it to be expressed or not expressed in their ceremony depending on their style. So mm-hmm. it, it, again, with every couple that I marry, it's, it's different for each and every one. Um, so that's sure. really amazing too. I've, I've had between sacred house and all I, I marry about at this point, probably 40 to 50 couples a year. Um, and wow. So listeners get in line if you want Lisa to officiate for you. <laughs> and I, it's so great because I didn't, I didn't really see, I, I didn't uh, anticipate that there would be this wonderful benefit of officiating for so many couples means, again, getting so much insight into different people's style for spirituality. Right, you know, right. I, I just, I get to see so much, so many examples, um, which really helps with the work that we're doing at Sacred House. Can so, you give me one example of how people are, are coming to or appreciating or connecting with their own inner wisdom, their own spirituality? Um, yeah. Well, if I stick with the example of the wedding couples, mm-hmm. something that's been, and again, these are couples who are attracted to work with me, right? Of so, course. You know, of course. There, there are certain cross section, <laughs> but they, what I hear most often is, and I hear this all the time. It, it, it always, it reinforces my passion for the mission that we have with our organization, but I hear all the time, well, we believe in something larger. Absolutely. You know, and they'll call it different things like higher power or the universe or, um, or just positive vibes, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. or, uh, those are probably the most common ones I hear, like either positive thoughts uh, or, or we, or nature is oftentimes they don't necessarily have a name for that something larger, but they experience it in nature um, and don't need to give it a name per se. And um, so I hear that all the time. Well, we, we believe in something larger, 
Um, at the same, and at the same time, we just, we don't really, we're, we're just not really drawn to church. So we're not going to go to church. Um, and we don't think of ourselves as super new agey, you know, whatever that means to them. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so we don't really, you know, it's frustrating. We don't really have any where to go. Um, so a lot of my couples get that connection, that feeling of connection in nature. Um, and that's a, that's a huge, a huge one that I hear all the time, but I hear that dilemma all the time. We believe in something larger and we don't really feel there's anywhere we can go that, that really fits us. Nothing right. against, nothing right. against the options, you know, no, but, no, but it, it doesn't really, you know. Like if we're truthful with ourselves, which we are, we're just not really drawn to any of the options that we see out there. Yeah. And yet there's still that longing for community that you were feeling when you started Sacred House. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, just working with all the couples I work with has just only confirmed even more for me that, that what we're providing is really important. I especially hear it with um, couples who have kids already and, and just running into parents and families and community. It, whenever I mention sacred house, it, I, I oftentimes it's that same, it's the same thing. It's, well, we believe in something larger and we really, really want to bring our children somewhere. We just, and again, nothing against the options. We just don't happen to see any that we really feel are a fit for us. Yes. Um, yes. So I've told, we haven't started sacred house for families yet, but that's going to probably be beginning within the next year. And, um, I mean, that's, that's huge. Oh yeah. I can <laughs> imagine such a huge calling for that. Yeah. It's a big, I, I see stress on parents' faces because, and it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's, um, I, the, the process is challenging because it's, well, we want, we want to provide something. We feel we should provide something like that for our children, but we don't want to provide something that we don't really feel fits. Um, mm-hmm. and at the time we feel like there's something missing. We worry that, you know, we're not giving them a, an experience that they could be having. We just don't want to give them an experience that doesn't quite fit with our values or our style. Exactly. Yeah. It's a big pain point in our culture right now. Um, and we cannot wait to address that one. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't wait for you to do that. I think that's just, that's remarkable. Yeah. We'll have well, a whole, we're working on a whole class recipe for spirituality for parents right now. Great. Start in the next couple months or so. Well, then you'll have to come back and we'll talk about that. That would be great. I'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up to the, the, the top of our time, but I, I want to ask you one more question. And that is because you are one of those people that is creating a movement um, that does have big work in the world to do and you're doing it. And, and I'd love to hear you just speak to what are your dreams for Sacred House? Oh, mm, um, oh, it, my dreams for Sacred House are, well, you know, in a way, um, the dream is already happening because we're really seeing, I'll describe what we're experiencing now, which okay. is, um, I'm experiencing people coming, participating in Sacred House, telling me that it's provided something for them that they always wished they had, but never quite really knew how to look for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing those folks from all different walks of life get to know each other. Um, 
in a way that's meaningful. So we tell our, we tell our participants, our sacred housers that, you know, the goal at sacred house, we call it spiritual family, um, is to make it a point to know each other in a very specific way. We're making a point to get to know each other's guiding principles, each other's centering practices. What works for you over there? What works for this guy? What works for her? What works for me? We all know that about each other. And to know also what each person's goals, dreams, gifts, and growing edges are. Um, So we make it a point to know each other in that way. And I'm seeing that happen here in Boulder and it's Mm. so cool. Uh, And I'm seeing, you know, folks taking the recipe for spirituality class. We have Sunday socials where people, you know, can come and go. And then if you want to kind of step, step more into the house, (laughs) (laughs) you take the recipe for spirituality class and, and, and that's where we really begin to know each other in that way. Um, and watching that happen has been so cool. Uh, and I'll, this is kind of speaking to, if I were to give an example of my dream, um, I'll give a really sort of in the world example. So one of the class participants, when I teach the class, I also work on my own guiding principles, right? And so I was talking to one of the class participants at Sacred House, and he said, oh, how was your day yesterday? And I kind of talked about my day. I think I talked about my week. And he said, oh, well, it doesn't sound like that really fits with your guiding principle of like remembering to have fun in your body and be physical. <laughs> <laughs> and he, didn't, he didn't say it in a hand slapping way or anything. No, no. But he, like he knew. Right. And, I, and, and it, it, it helped me realign, right? It helped me go, oh, that's right. Like I, I mean to hike every morning and I kind of got out of that groove this week. <laughs> and, oh. It was just so cool to be known in that way, right? Like that, that to me is, that's the heart of what we're doing here. It's knowing ourselves in that way and knowing each other in that way. And so when I, if I were to answer the larger vision for Sacred House, it's, you know, we're based in Boulder right now, but soon we're going to have classes that folks can take online and we'll be able to go beyond Boulder. Um, and so I, the dream for sacred house is that we're able to provide that experience all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. in Boulder, but everywhere because it's dearly needed. Um, and, and I've known in my heart and my soul that it's dearly needed. And now seeing it actually happen here in Boulder, I'm convinced that it's dearly needed. I have tangible evidence mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. dearly needed and, and not just needed, but makes an impact. Um, Changes lives. Yeah. So that moment that I had, you know, where my classmate, my fellow sacred houser knew what was important to me and could reflect it back. um, That right there, I think is what we all long for. We long to be known in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's my dream is that sacred house is providing that and, and, and it's providing an answer for so many people out there right now who would like to have, um, you know, not even just people who are, you don't have to be looking for some sort of spiritual answer or for looking for spirituality. It's really what, what, what we dream of is providing a solution for each person to have the benefits of spirituality um, without, well, to have those benefits in a way that really fits them. So yes. like whether or not you want spirituality, we would love for you to have a set of guiding principles that guide your life, to have centering practices that help you enjoy the ride along the way. Cause you're in, in a better part of your brain than when you're not doing centering practices 
and, and that you're really aware of your goals, dreams, gifts, and growing edges and I feel supported by others to express them in the world. You know, we want people to have that. I don't yeah. care if you're looking for a spiritual solution or not. I know that that is something that's going to make your life better. Yeah. Well, that's so beautifully, beautifully stated, Lisa. Thank you. And I, well, I, I want to invite our listeners to find out more about Sacred House at sacredhouse.org. Sacred House are all one word. You can contact Lisa there. You can find out about her recipes for, for spirituality classes and about her, what she was talking about in a few minutes ago about her Sunday socials. Um, I know it's in, just in Boulder, but as Lisa said, this is going to be global. And I, you know what? I have no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lisa Hunter. It's just been such a pleasure. Thank you, Laurie Seymour. <laughs> I'm Laurie Seymour, and thanks for listening to Wisdom Talk Radio today. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a review. Thanks. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.